0: You know, I thank God I've got more on the other side. I got a whole lot more on the other side. You know, that song come out of a a meeting I was at to to sing. I was called by this preacher said we don't have a piano player, so will you come and play the piano for us? And I said, When's your meeting? He told me when his meeting was, he said, now preacher, he said, now make sure that you don't stop at the church on the left hand side of the road. You keep going down through the holler and you go to the church that's on the right hand side of the road. I said, what's the difference? He said, the church on the left hand side of the road have some things in there that go shh sh- 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 rattlesnakes. <laughs> They're snake handling church up yonder. These six kinds of snakes I don't like biggins, little uns, male, female, dead and alive. I think that covers them all, amen, <laughs> or old me. But you know, living in Kentuckys other than the weather right now, it's a great, great place to be. be well, they know what I'm saying. You miss <laughs> Kentucky, don't you? I love Kentucky. Matter of fact, I love some of the names of some of the churches in Kentucky. I tell people my Uncle Buford goes to Backbone Baptist Church. They got a backbone. They come out of Buzzard Knob Baptist Church. And down the road a piece is Slickard and Snot Creek Baptist Church. And like y'all have a fellowship once a month where you go out and sing, they have a fellowship once a month where they have a big communal baptism. And they like having it slickered and snot Baptist church. The reason they like having it there is because the water has an effervescence about it. You get in that water, it will glow in the dark. That might be because it's coming out of the nuclear waste site, you know. I'm taunt. but the water's kind of a green. And I asked the preacher, said, "Why? Why is your water green?" He said, well, it comes out of the nuclear waste site. Said the EPA quit us from baptizing down in the creek. Preacher said, "Now what we do is we pump the water out of the creek. We build us a little baptistry." Said people get baptized, and he says. We like to put a little ceremony to it. We turn out the lights after they get baptized. And then we sing, Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus wherever they go. So, you know, Kentucky's a wonderful place. Florida's a wonderful place if you can stand the heat. And I told him up in Kentucky, I said, I'm turning the heat on. I'm sending it up that way because I'm about to melt down here. I know what Brother Boone meant whenever, when I was a little boy, he was up here preaching. He's preaching so hard, he just took his jacket off and slung it. And if I take my jacket off and sling it, this microphone is going to fall out and y'all going to be in trouble. But um, I'm going to talk to you as an old country preacher today. I'm not going to try to put on airs. ain't no need to put on airs. Ain't a bit of need to put on airs. But I'm going to talk to you where the rubber hits the road. I told some folks a couple of Wednesday nights ago or last Wednesday night. One of the things is we have a generation that is the most knowledgeable generation that there is. We all have these little things that go in our pocket. We can flip it on and any information you need can be found in a computer that you carry with you. Amen or old man. You see folks, it's not knowledge that this generation lacks. They have access to all the knowledge that can be found. You can get on a computer and it was funny. I was standing in the the store and uh, I was with my sister. We was over at Cracker Barrel. And she started talking. She was talking to somebody that wasn't there. Somebody called Siri. And she said, Siri, where is this? And Siri didn't understand her. I said, Siri will not understand a southern accent. (laughs) But we have got a generation that has the ability to tap into all kinds of knowledge. The problem is, the Bible never tells you to seek after knowledge. We've got a generation that's full of knowledge... But I ain't got a lick of wisdom. And we've got a a generation that has a divided mind. Pay attention to what I'm telling you. It's the truth. We've got a nation that's got a divided mind. You get some over here, they say, well, higher taxes will stimulate the economy. The only economy it's going to stimulate is theirs. Because they done figured out a way to siphon some of that off and put it in their pocket, amen or oh me. You got some said lower taxes to stimulate the economy. Why? We're a people of a divided mind. This ain't something new, folks. This has been going on for thousands of years. And I want to take you quickly and I'm going to tell you when I say quickly, it don't mean a thing. <laughs> the reason I talk slow is because I think slow. <coughs> See, it's it's in our... <laughs> Genealogy, isn't it? It's in our genealogy. We just we talk slow because we think slow. But 1 Kings, the 18th chapter, we're going to just take one verse out of that. Ain't no need to go into it all day long. That would have been a good place for some of y'all to amen. The 21st verse. And Elijah came unto all the people. How many of the people did he come to? All All the people. And said, how long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. And if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And Father, only your word can accomplish anything today through the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I'm feeble in my mind and in my thoughts and even in my speech. But Father, I just ask that the Holy Spirit... Bring clarity to my mind, to my thoughts, to my speech. And Father, that the Holy Spirit would open the ears of your people. That they may hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And Father, that there be a lost one here today, Father, that they can hear the Holy Spirit and come to belief. Father, we just thank you for it all. In Christ Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to get me a swallow of water and know it did not come from Slickard and Snot Baptist Church. It was a true story I told time I was down here said that the guy had some water in a fruit jar and he told him, this is not what you think because the church spring was in the back and that's how they got their water. Y'all ain't got a clue what I'm talking about, do you? But whenever you swallow it, it had a kick to it, you know. But that come from Zephyr Hills. And whenever you read it, it actually says, Jenny Springs, Gilcrest, Florida. So anyway. But what does it mean to halt between two opinions? Do what? Well, see, that's the old English coming out in us. But whenever you look at that one particular word and you look at it in the Hebrew, it means to hop, to dance. Where I come from, they say, quit him hawing around. We've got a nation, we've got people that hem-haw around between two opinions. We've got people that exalt their opinion. They've exalted it so high they think they're the only ones that got one. Amen? You know, I I was thinking the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. A lot of people put their opinion at such a high estate that they've set themselves up to be a God. Anytime you put your opinion, you exalt your opinion above the Word of God, you have just set up yourself as God. We live in a generation that has set itself up as God. You ask someone... What must I do to be saved? And guess what they'll do. And if I I could ask every last one of you in here this morning, all of you would have a different opinion. Why? Because that's human nature. We all got our opinion, but you know what the Word of God says? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It didn't say, well, let me think about it and I'll just think and think and think and today I think I'm saved and tomorrow somebody else comes up with something and I think that way. You follow me? They dance from this foot to that foot. Back and forth. Back and forth, and us Baptists ain't supposed to dance, so I better not go any further than that, you know. My daddy forget, bid us to dance in school. He wrote a letter and said, They shall not square dance. You remember some of that? Y'all was living with us at that time. Thou shalt not square dance. Back and forth. You see, ladies and gentlemen, Your opinion about what God's Word says doesn't matter to God. It may matter to you, but it doesn't matter to God. God has a plan, and He didn't ask your opinion on it, did He? I'm glad God didn't ask my opinion on how to order the universe. Mine, we'd have Jupiter running into Mars all the time. If God went by my opinion, amen or oh me. You see, your opinion about God's plan for your life doesn't really matter. Because God said he made one way. Jesus said, I am the way, not a way. Oprah Winfrey's opinion about there being multiple ways don't amount to a hill of beans. Steve Harvey's opinion about there being multiple ways to God don't amount to a hill of beans. But folks, what gets me upset is when you come to church and you get people in the church house that feed their mind on the garbage of this world Monday through Saturday... And they start bringing that into the church house. Well preacher don't you think that God loves everybody? God would not send anybody to hell. A loving God would not send anybody to hell. I'm here to tell you I was already on my way to hell. I was already on my way to hell. When the Savior reached down for me. I didn't reach up for him. He reached down for me. I didn't even know that there was a possibility of being saved. But the Lord Jesus Christ reached down for me. That was part of God's plan. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, the 17th verse, it uses a big word. And I asked them down in Barberville, now y'all got a little bit of more education than folks from Barberville. (laughs) So I'm going to come over here to somebody that's dressing. they call you doctor? You might know. What does the word if mean? Can you give me the definition of the word if? Uh, Dr. Travis? See, I love putting people on the spot. If simply means this is a condition. If it's conditional if any man be in Christ he The one that is in Christ is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Notice it said all things, not some things. It said all things. Check me out on it. Just because I'm quoting it to you, don't take it as pure gospel. Look at it. It said all things, didn't it? All things. all things become new. I wrote a song not too long ago said, Thank God He didn't leave me that way. When I came to Jesus, I came just as I am. But thank God He didn't leave me that way. Folks, you may have... A mental. Listen to me. A mental. You may think I'm a believer, because I've got some head knowledge. But if you didn't apply it in your life, only thing you got is your brain full and your heart empty. What's the difference? between knowledge that we can all obtain so easily, and wisdom. It's application. You see, in Romans the 10th chapter, Paul, speaking to the church at Rome, he said, If... Thou shalt, what? Confess with thy mouth. Then he used a three-letter word, and. You see, it's not just confessing, Oh, I'm a Christian! Am I telling the truth? Y'all kind of got quiet on me. Said, And believe where in your heart he didn't say believe with your head he said believe with your heart when you look that up and you begin to understand what Paul was talking about is your life begins to take on the actions of what you believe if I believe that the grass out yonder was blue I would talk about that grass out yonder is blue Doug did you know grass is blue now Doug probably said, you, you you've been in K- in Kentucky it is blue. <laughs> you follow me? I believe it enough I communicate with it and then I start applying that in my life. I come to Florida, I just think all grass is blue. They took me out there t- whenever I first come to Kentucky said that's bluegrass. I said no, that's green grass. And it took some convincing. If you get enough of it, it has a blue hue to it. It's beautiful. Folks, it's the application of knowledge that brings wisdom. There's some of you that you've got a whole lot more wisdom than I got in certain areas. Why? Because you've applied different things. You've applied knowledge from different things in your life. If I was going to go gator hunt, I'd come out here and grab this fellow right here. Why? He's got more wisdom about it. Why? Because he's learned from his mistakes. And he's applied that knowledge and he's gained what? Wisdom. Well, you keep them rattlers away from me. <laughs> You keep them moccasins. If I was going to go to that handling church up there, I'd get me a green snake, a grass snake, and I'd ride on it and say, Moccasin. But you see, we've got a lot of people in the church hopping between two opinions. They've got their own idea of what the Word of God says. I've had people tell me, said Preacher, I believe that God will add up my good and He'll add up my bad. And if there's enough good at the end, I'll be alright. It's so a lie straight from the pit of hell. Because the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it. Now notice the word it is the gift of God. Not of what? Works. Wow. You see, God didn't plan on your effort when he developed the plan of salvation. You know it is work salvation after all. But every last bit of it is Christ's work, not ours. It's Christ at work, not us. That's why if any man be in Christ, that's the qualifier. He is a new creature. The evidence will start lining up in your life if you're in Christ. Christ. I've been working on a song that um, I keep debating on it time and time and time again that says, son, you got to sing it like you saved. There's a lot of people, you, you sing the songs as I am, but you don't sing them like you You saved. He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. How many things? All things, once again. Remember that. Then he goes on to say, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself. You see, God doesn't tell you to reconcile yourself. God said, I want to reconcile you to me. Who's probably be better at reconciling your bank account? (laughs) You might be afraid to answer that one i tell you what, if mama's bank account is off by a penny, she'll sit there all day looking for that penny. Uh, Amen. She will. If some of y'all want to know where copper wire comes from, come over to the house. Mama will stretch that penny (laughs) till she makes (laughs) copper wire. But you see, God was in himself reconciling us to himself notice the next word by Jesus Christ he didn't say by Ken Townsend did he he reconciled ken same way he reconciled me through Christ Jesus you see i hear i hear this a lot
1: I'm just as good
0: as them no good hypocrite Christians down in that church. I said, I'm sure you are. You're just as good as they are because the Bible says there is none righteous. No, not one. Ain't not one of them in there has the ability to save themselves. The Bible says they're all sinners. The only difference between them and you is they were reconciled to God by Christ Jesus. The books got balanced by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only difference. Now notice, not only did He reconcile us by Christ Jesus... He hath given to, who? Us. The ministry of reconciliation. I have people all the time say, Preacher, did God give me a ministry? Yes, He did. The ministry of reconciliation. Where you're not pointing somebody, Said, go figure it out. But say, no, God's already got the books figured out. The only thing you've got to go and submit to it. You see, Brother Ritchie was touching on something today. The Bible mentions that there are seven judgments of God. The first judgment of God took place in the flood. It's a type of judgment. This, the other judgment that deals with believers, God judges sin. And it's up to us to receive God's judgment here then rather wait to receive it later. The next judgment is God judges us as sons. How many of you ever got a whooping by your dad? This is a good time for all of you just raise your hands, because if you don't raise your hands, you're lying.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm going I'm to say this. 'Cause I can cause in about a, three weeks I'll be back in Kentucky enjoying some fresh mountain air and I'll let dad and Richie Travis Daniel handle what I'm about to say if the Lord does not tear your hind end up when you sin you better go check your spiritual DNA cause you might not be born again It's the truth. My dad tore me up because I had a relationship to Howard Cox. I was his son. And he would tear me up because he was my father and he didn't want me raised up to be some fool. And I'll tell you, he tore Kevin up too. We had one dance that we was allowed to do and that was
1: (laughs) it's
0: the truth. Why? Because he was my father. We had a relationship. And when I did wrong it did not break my relationship. It may have broke my fellowship. I did not want to see my daddy come through the door. When he was on the truck We wanted to get to the phone first to be able to tell Dad what happened. Because we would tell him one thing, Mama would tell him the truth. (laughs) Kevin, am I lying? I'm telling the truth, ain't I? It didn't break my relationship with him. It broke my fellowship with him. And he got my fellowship in order With a whooping. The Bible teaches us that God whips His children. Matter of fact, Paul was so blatant about it, he said, if the Lord doesn't whip, and I'm putting this in mountain language right here, if God don't whip your rear end when you do wrong, you ain't His. Matter of fact, he called them Bastards! People say, "Oh, that's Bible illegitimate." God ain't whipping you. Go check your spiritual DNA. Then finally, God will judge the believer as a servant. This is where it kind of gets sticky. We will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And He will judge us by what we did for Him on His behalf. Because the Bible says, Ye are not your own I don't belong to me; I belong to Him. You see, but if I'm halting between two opinions, if I belong to Him on Sunday, but Monday, yes. problem is most time it ain't on Monday; it's so on about Saturday night. I'm gonna get down, <laughs> folks. If you're getting down, hinders your witnesses Christ. You better not be getting down. You might not get up. You don't belong to you. This is American idea that we belong. I got my rights and I know what I'm going to do. No, you don't if you are a child of God. You belong to Him. And the Bible says, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which belong to who? To God. Are you hopping back and forth? Hopping on one foot today, hopping on another one tomorrow? You know, we talk about mask. Problem is a lot of people in church have been wearing masks for so long that it ain't, I ain't talking about the one that goes over your face. Because we tried to hide behind an identity that we're not. We belong to Christ. And we will be judged for it. The Bible plainly teaches us that we will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, there's three other judgments. I'm only going to deal with one more. And that's finally the great white throne judgment. Folks, God judged sin at Calvary. And at Calvary, God took your sin and He put it on Christ. And he took Christ's righteousness and put it on you. In theological speak, that's called the doctrine of imputation. God is not imputing your sins to you if you're a believer. He's already imputed it on
1: Christ.
0: Now do you get whipped for them? Yeah. Yeah. But are you going to be judged for him? No, he's already put that judgment on Christ. Notice this. Verse 21 of 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin Christ was innocent he was spotless he was not a sinner but he took every sin of Richie Thomas and he placed it on Christ Jesus at Calvary I've had people say preacher preacher God cannot forgive future sin. You ignorant. You know how I stopped up, Richie? And I, any of you go out to witness somebody and they tell you God can't forgive future sin? Just ask them this. How many of your sins was in the future when Christ died for you at Calvary? And if they don't answer all of them, All of your sins was in the future when Christ died at Calvary, weren't they? Difference is, is where do you want to be judged? You want to be judged at the altar of grace or at the altar of judgment, justice. Because what I deserved, God placed on Christ. Christ. He placed on Christ the things He did not deserve and placed on me what I didn't deserve, His righteousness. Because He said that we might be made the righteousness of God. Watch those next two words for you all that are actually following where I'm at? In Him. Who's it talking about? Jesus. You see, we've got a lot of people in church world that have been hopping and dancing between two opinions. I like the idea I just if I just go to church. Wrong. I don't go to the church to be saved, I go to church because I already am. I don't get baptized to be saved, I get baptized because I already am saved. You follow me? It's, It's why we call it believer's baptism. Dad touched on some of this last week. I don't try to keep those Ten Commandments to be saved. It's impossible. Because the Lord said himself, he said, if you hate your brother without cause, might as well have killed him. Am I telling the truth? I, Brenda, I can't heal that rattle in your head. you got to do it a little faster, honey. <laughs> the Lord said... If a man was to look at a woman with lust in his heart, it's the same as committing adultery. Ladies, that goes for you too. It's the truth. Can we rattle off, thou shalt not steal? But you know, a lot of people said, well, you know, it didn't say anything about me not cheating him. Same as stealing, isn't it? We, we could go in there, there shalt not bear false witness. Mine, we ain't talking about going to a court. We talking about just plain old lying. Does this dress make me look
1: fat? I ain't
0: gonna ask you how you gonna answer that, Brother Larry. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the thoughts and intents of our heart. The Bible says they are continually evil or evil continually. Covet people say no, I don't covet. I don't even know what covenant is. Your neighbor buy a new Ford truck or Chevy. Next thing you know, everybody in the neighborhood's got a new one. Why? Oh man, that thing looks nice. It ain't cause we always needed it. It's just cause our neighbors got one. We want to keep up with the Joneses. There ain't no Joneses in here, is there? You see, we halt between two opinions. We hop, hem haul, and skip around and everything else. But you see, there's only one place for the believer's sin to be judged, and that was at Calvary. If you don't come to Christ at the cross of Calvary, you see, you can say all day long preachers said, loving God wouldn't send me to hell. No, he's put up every roadblock in your path to keep you from hell. For me, it was praying mom and dad. a Grandma and grandpa that loved me enough that if, if they'd already gone, if I was down at their house, we was going to church. Wasn't no question about it. If I had a question about the Bible, I could ask my granddaddy, he'd take me from the amen or the I-N to the amen and do it Backwards. He put a loving church in my life. People that loved me enough that they they didn't mind trying to live it out. Finally, He put that cross of Calvary right square down where I had to confront it. Because that's the judgment seat of grace the bible tells a completely different story about the judgment seat of justice in the book of revelation is talking about the second rec- resurrection when all of the dead will be raised everybody's going to be resurrected At least some of us going to be resurrected prior to. And the Bible says those folks is blessed. But if, if you don't receive Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior and believe, you will have to stand at that judgment seat. ain't pretty there will be those there that you've said I'm just as good as them people they'll be the ones that Lord Lord didn't we do this didn't we do that didn't we do didn't we didn't we didn't we And, and the Lord says depart from me ye that work what iniquity you see in Isaiah the word says that our righteousness is as filthy rags If you've got the Wee Syndrome, you have taken a bath in filthy, dirty rags and you're trying to wash and become righteous through your own works. But it's Christ's righteousness that matters. You could be raised in a Christian home. God ain't got no grandkids. Period. He's got children. And you have to make that decision. The Bible in the book of Joel, third chapter, and if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around the 14th or 15th verse. The Spirit of the Lord speaking by Joel said multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord or the time of the Lord is nigh in the valley of decision. We live in a world, we live in a nation that we like to say we're a Christian nation. No, we're not. We were founded on Christian principles and we abandoned them a long time ago. Why? Because people were double-minded and they're hopping, well, with what we do in Washington ain't nobody ever going to find out. I'm telling you the truth. Folks, these people out there, they made a decision this morning. They hopped So, Well, should we go and be in the Lord's house today or should we fill in the blank? See, you don't think that applies today, but it still applies today. Everywhere you go in life, there are multitudes of people that are in a valley of decision either to accept Christ or to reject Christ. If you're a believer, you're in a a valley of decision yourself many times. Have you ever got to the point where you say, Lord, what in the world am I going to do? Sometimes I've found out when the Lord is all you got, He's all you need. I've also found out there's times when all you can do is pray, so you pray. There's times when you wrestle within yourself. I wrestle within myself. I argue with myself. Any of y'all do that? I argue with myself. Believers do it all the time. Should I, the Word of God says to do this, but I'm accustomed to doing this over here. You don't think the Lord would mind, do you? You know what Jesus said? He said, The person that hears my word and does it, I will compare him or liken him unto a wise man. But he that knoweth, heareth my word, and does it not, what did he say? He would liken him unto a wise Foolish man. See, we get all about that building your house on a rotten house. No, no. The thing is, do the word and you'll be likened into a wise man that did this. But if you don't do the word, you're going to be likened into a fool. I want to ask you a question today in your valley of decision. You want to come out of that valley? And be likened to a wise man, or do you want to have a pity party in that valley and be likened to a fool? If you're a believer, that's a choice. Are there areas in your life that the Holy Spirit has convicted you of? Not the preacher, not the Sunday school teacher. But the Holy Spirit Himself is walking down the aisles of this church and as He convicted you of areas in your life that you ain't doing what you know you ought to be doing. The choice is yours. Walk out of that valley a wise man recommit your life to Christ and move on down the road and be likened to a wise man or sit there having your pity party and be likened to a fool because you've heard what the Word of God says, and if you've rejected it, it's on you. It ain't on me. Maybe you hear, and you're in the valley of decision because you've never made a decision as where you want your sins to be judged. The Bible says that, that judgment of justice, the great white throne judgment. said, whenever he tells them to depart, they'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And that judgment is eternal. That's not temporary. God ain't sending people to hell. They sent themselves to hell because they ignored the roadblocks. Up where I live, they got roadblocks on the side of the road. You know what happens when you ignore roadblocks? The guardrails and such that's on the side of the road. When you let your pride say, "Oh, I can drive in this. It don't. It don't mean nothing. It ain't but an inch and a half of snow on the road. I can drive in it. I'm gonna go down to Marcellus and get me some biscuits and gravy or." some pancakes because I'm hungry. You go down the road when you know you ought not be on the road. It's slickered and snot, I tell you. It'll spin you around, put you in the wrong direction, head you back up the mountain. I never knew a car could spin around in two lanes. And you go back and you, at least I'm headed in a direction that I can go straight but folks if you've never received Christ there's no second chance the only time to make a decision is in this life the word of God says today is the day of salvation God ain't guaranteed none of us tomorrow That song that I sang today, like I said, that's based on a true story. This was written two years prior to COVID. The lonely man, a veteran, dying in a nursing home alone. To contrast that, There was a lady stood up in church and she just said, I just want to testify. She says, Folks, whenever I die, you don't worry about me. You don't cry. You don't weep. You don't carry on because I got more on the other side that that's where I'm headed for. The choice is yours. That was a permanent decision that she'd made. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. I'm going to ask my dad to stand down front. But if that's you today, you've never received Christ. Today could be the day of salvation for you. Maybe you got other issues you need to deal with. Best place I've ever found to deal with things is at the old altar. Turn it over to you. Number
1: 366. Number 366. <laughs> Jesus, keep me near the cross, there a precious mountain. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find. Beyond the river, near the cross of trim blink soul, love and mercy found me. There the bright and morning. Dawn shares its beams around me. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory. Rest beyond the